Thank you for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This series named Signs is for you to answer the question, why give Jesus authority over my life? We named this series Signs because uh, uh, we're, we're, the main question, the main question we're taking a look at is why should I give Jesus authority? Give me proof, <laughs> give me signs that I should give uh, Jesus' authority over my life. That's a question that somebody asked in Jesus' day of Jesus, and that's a question that people still ask today. So we named it Signs because there's the truth is out there, right? The truth is out there about this x filey sort of stuff. And there's a, there's a show coming on. I've seen the trailer a couple times called Belief. And it's kind of that same type of, type of deal. And, and uh, it, it, are there signs? Are there proof of stuff that's out there? And, and Jesus is the same way. This is the series that we want to answer your questions about Jesus, about God, about church, about spirituality, uh, but mainly, mainly, mainly about Jesus. The questions that you have about Jesus we want you to ask after the service over coffee over lunch on Facebook we want to answer these questions on Facebook we want to answer them on our blog we want because if you have the question about Jesus guess what somebody else does too somebody else wants that question to be asked as well and we want to be a safe people that you can ask questions you're like well that's a dumb question well no such thing as a dumb question at least about Jesus right Uh, your teacher lied to you. There are such things as dumb questions, but not about Jesus, not about Jesus. So we want to answer those questions. And, and we want to answer one key question through this series. Why give Jesus authority over my life? Why would I even do that? I mean, come on. He lived so long ago. 2,000 years ago, I mean, maybe he said a few good things. Maybe he was a good guy. Maybe he was a good prophet. He was kind of interesting. But why would I do that? 2,000 years later, why should I do that? And those of you that, that are on board with this Jesus thing and this church thing, I want you to still ask that same question. Why would I even give authority to Jesus in my life? And those that, that would be, you say, I'm not a fan of Jesus. I'm just checking this thing out, kicking the tires and, and, and that sort of thing. That's why you're here. You're trying to ask that question. You're trying to answer that question. We want to answer that for you. And every sermon in the series, every week in the series, we want to ask another key question, a different key question about Jesus, a question that that people ask about Jesus. And this week's question is, what's the big deal about Jesus? What is the big deal about Jesus? 2,000 years ago he lived, so what's the big deal about it now? Why do you still get together and talk about him every week? woo we don't talk about anybody else every week that lived 2,000 years ago. I don't even know anybody else that lived 2,000 years ago. Caesar did, but, you know. English class, A2, Brute. You know, historical people. Yeah, yeah. You with me, Gideon? I'm with you. Let me ask a different question. This is actually, I want you to re- respond. I want to do this maybe a little bit more uh, here. I want to ask a different question question kind of getting into all this i'm going to ask a different question why do you buy the things that you buy why do you buy the products that you buy and for me like like i've used the same deodorant not the same stick 
but the same brand of deodorant since I started using deodorant. I mean, I bought it when I was started buying deodorant, or my parents bought deodorant, and, and, and every time I've tried to change, like we've gotten a coupon or something for a different brand, I, I use it, my wife says, you stink now. Like, so if your wife says you stink, you go back to the original deodorant that she didn't say that with, right? Why do you buy the brands that you buy? Because it works, right? Because it works. You used it, it works. It worked for somebody else. Why do you buy the brands that you buy? This is cheap. <laughs> Dave lays all his cards out on the table because it's cheap. <laughs> but then it doesn't work, and then, you, yeah. Why do you buy the brands that you buy? Habit, right? Yeah. Always did it. I've always done it this way. We have all kinds of reasons for, for buying the things that we buy. And you know what? Companies spend a lot of money to get you to buy the thing that, 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 that they want you to buy. Last Sunday, companies spent $4 million every 30 seconds to get you to buy something. To get you to buy something. That's it. To get you to buy their widget, their deal, their thing. That's it. $4 million every 30 seconds. But what is branding? Not brandy, branding. What is branding? Branding is taking a concept and putting words to it. Putting words to it. Now, the words might not necessarily be literally words, but, but branding, it might be graphic, it might be song, it might be stories, it, it, it might be words, it might be social media. It's taking a concept and putting words to it. And so what is the concept? The concept is who we are and what we will do. And so $4 million every 30 seconds last week to explain to you who we are and what we will do for your life. And we get all kinds of marketing messages uh, all day long. Some people say into the thousands of marketing messages every single day. We get those. And you know what brands are trying to tell you? You're living in dark. You're living in the darkness. Because you don't have our product. You're living in the darkness. Our product will give you light and life. We'll shine on your path. And we'll give you excitement and vigor. See, look at my commercial. Look at these people. They're happy, aren't they? They have life because they're using my product. Do you know that God wrote the Marketing 101 book? Do you know God wrote that book? The Old Testament. The Old Testament is putting words to who God is and what He has done, what He is doing, and what He will do. It's what the Old Testament is. It's taking the concept of God, who He is, what He will do, and putting words to it. That's what the Old Testament is. That's why we've been in the Old Testament since September of showing us through these stories of who God is and what He will do. 
Now we turn the page to the New Testament. We're going to immerse ourselves in, in the life of Jesus from, from, from now until Easter. And Revive is going to be about the, about the stories of Jesus and how we encounter people. We're going to be looking at the life of Jesus so that, so that you can get your questions answered about Jesus. And what is the big deal about Jesus? So we turn, to, turn the page to the New Testament, and we're going to take a look at what we call the Gospel of John. And maybe you're like, the Gospel of John, what, is, what does that mean? Well, there's four books, what we call Gospels, and Gospels mean good news. And the four Gospels are simply the story of Jesus written out. So John, this guy who wrote out a story of Jesus, he isn't a guy that lived hundreds of years later after Jesus and he's just trying to piece everything together. John is a guy who walked with Jesus for three years. Not only that, he was one of Jesus' closest friends and maybe even the closest friend of Jesus. He's a guy that lived with Jesus and he wrote out the story of of Jesus life and he starts off in John chapter 1 with an introduction an introduction about Jesus and an introduction into the 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 the, the story that he wrote and that's what we're going to look at and it's going to answer the question what is the big deal about Jesus John 1 verse 1 in the beginning the word already existed. And you're like, wait a minute, the Word, is this like some bad 80s rap? Word, what the? No. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. If this isn't bad 80s rap, then what is the Word? Why do you capitalize it? What's going on with this? little characteristic about the Word. The Word was with God from the very beginning. The Word was, was in the very beginning. He was there. The Word was God. He wasn't just with God, but He was God. He is God. The Word also created everything. So in the Old Testament, we have words written to describe to us who God is and what He will do, here we have a word, capital W word, that predated the Old Testament. This is the ultimate word about taking the concept of who God is and what He will do. This is the ultimate word to show us who God is and what He will do. The word is the branding of God. It's to take an abstract concept and make it concrete for us so that we can grasp it. God has a brand. And here, John describes it to us as the Word. The Word. And just like what we talked about with, uh, with the brands today, it wants this word will give us light and life. Imagine if the lights went out in your home or if the lights went out in here. Like today, what we would do, we'd all reach for our iPhone or our, our smartphone and, and flip on the flashlight on our phones, right? But a year ago, five years ago, what, we, what would we do? We would fumble around looking for a flashlight. 
And chances are, if your flashlight is the the flashlight of my house, I would find the flashlight and the batteries would be either weak or completely dead. So the flashlight would be completely useless. Chasing after the things that are marketed to us is like grabbing a flashlight with bad batteries, with weak or bad batteries in the dark. It might work for a little while, but it's not going to get us very far. When we reach for materialism to give us light and life, it might work for a little bit, but it's going to, it's going to leave us in darkness. If we reach for sex in order to give us light and life, it may, it may give us a little bit for a little bit, but it's going to leave us in darkness. If we reach for relationships for, for, for light and life, it may give us something for a little bit, but it's going to leave us in darkness. If we reach for power and prestige and fame and success in a job in order to find light and life, it may work for a little bit, but it's going to leave us in darkness. If we reach for substances to give us light and life, it might work for a little bit, but it's going to leave us in darkness. If we turn to, to self-image and eating problems, in order to give us light in life, it might work for a little bit, but it's going to leave us in darkness. If we turn to anger to give us light in life, you might light somebody up, but it's going to leave us in darkness. And it may look like that we have our life all together and the thing that we're chasing after is giving us what we want in life and life, but deep down inside somewhere, we know that we're still in darkness. And all we've done is grab flashlights that either have no batteries, they have dead batteries, and they just didn't do what was promised. A flashlight promises light. But without batteries, they leave us in darkness. And what John is saying is that this word, this capital W word, gives us light and life. See, he doesn't want to get rid of material things. He just wants to teach us and tell us what place they have in our life. The word, the word doesn't want to, us to get rid of sex. It just wants to tell us the place that it has in our life. The Word doesn't want us to get rid of food. It just wants to tell us the place that it has in our life. The Word doesn't want us to get rid of self-image. I mean, we all have an image. Hello, I can see you. Nobody's the invisible man. That was last series. That was the superheroes. We all have an image. He doesn't want to get rid of the image. He just wants to give us an image that he wants. Because he will give us light and light. The word will lead us in light and life. Have you found the word yet? You found it? Did you know about it? Any good brand wants you to know about their word. So how do they go about doing that? John 1, 6. God sent a man. 
His name was John, John the Baptist. You're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this the same guy that wrote the, the book, John, that you're talking about? No, that's John the writer. And we've got John the Baptist. Different guy. To tell us about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. We're going to look more into John the Baptist next week. Interesting guy. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. What do brands do? What do companies do in order to get their words into your life? They hire a good PR guy, right? They hire a good PR guy. And a good PR guy, what does he do? He takes the light of that company and sheds it on your life. And sheds it in a way into your life that, 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 that makes sense for your life. And God did this with John the Baptist. He sent John the Baptist before the word in order to make everyone ready to receive the word. So that all might believe in him. Not that all will believe in the word, but all might. All would have the chance to. All would have the ability to. All would have the ability to hear and believe and accept the word. And John was a good PR guy. He just told, he just witnessed, he just, he just let people know about this light that was coming in the middle of their darkness. See, you've all experienced the bad PR guy, right? Back before we were, we were married, Nicole and I, we knew that we needed another car. I had a car, she didn't have a car. We knew we needed a different car. and We knew we needed one that was going to be more reliable than the one that I had. And so we went car shopping before we were even married. Sign of true commitment, right? And so we, uh, we, we went out. She always wanted a, a, a yellow Mustang, the 94 to 98 version of, 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 of Mustang, the, the real version of Mustang. And, uh, and so we, we went out. We went out shopping for a, 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 a 98 uh, yellow Mustang. We were hitting up used car dealerships, and we would go to different brands of, of car dealerships that wasn't Ford because it was used, and maybe they ended up with one, and we went to a local one here, and uh, we showed up, and like, we're, we would like to have, we'd like to see if you have any Mustangs, uh, 94 to 98 Mustangs, preferably yellow, and guy was like, oh, hold on, I'll, I'll be back, I'll be back, so we stood there and waited, you know, we didn't want to go, ever been used car buying, you don't want to go into a new place anyway, but there we are, and we're, we're, Waiting and waiting and waiting. And then the guy comes in the front door and he goes, don't have any Mustangs. But I've got something just as good for you. We went out and it was a Del Sol. You're like, what's a Del Sol? It was a micro machine. That's what a Del Sol was. I'm like, "This this isn't a Mustang. This isn't anything like a Mustang. See, he wanted to sell us the light that he wanted to sell us. See, that's what a bad PR guy does. You know, you had that vacuum cleaner salesman show up, right? That's what a bad PR person does, is that they sell you the light that they want to sell you, not the light that you need. And now, and now, those of us that, that believe in the word, we are now in the line of John the Baptist telling people about the word so that all might believe. But we've got to be good PR people, not bad PR people. Not giving people what we think they want, but giving people the light that they need. So no more drive-by tractings, right? Here's a tract. 
No bullhorns, no megaphones, no amplifiers. Why? Because we've got to know the darkness. We've got to know who they are as a person so that we can give them the light that they need. Because whatever darkness the people around us have, Jesus is going to be, the word is going to be the light for that. What's the goal? What's the goal of a good PR guy? It's not just to get the, get the message across or get the word across. What's the goal of a good PR guy? John 1.9 He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came into his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with the physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. The goal of any good PR person is belief. It isn't that they just want people to buy their widget. It's that belief that their deal will actually change their life and give light to their life. But there's a couple of, of, of roadblocks to belief. And we see this. The Word came, but the creation that the Word created didn't recognize Him. We can miss, we can miss the light because we don't recognize the light. See, we get thousands of messages a day. How many do we reject just unknowingly? 99.9% of them. We just don't even recognize it. We don't even see it. We don't even see, see how that thing can, can give us light. But, 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 maybe you are sitting at home, and maybe you do see the commercial, and maybe you do think, wow, that thing, it can give me light. It can change my life. It can make my life better. But then you don't go buy it. But the next day you're sitting with your buddy and you're watching TV and, and that commercial comes on and, and you go, hey, 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 I think that can change my life. I think that thing, I believe that thing can change my life. And your buddy goes, oh, okay, so show me. When did you buy it? When did you get it? Like, no, 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 I'm not going to buy it. But, but I believe that it will change my life. And your buddy's going to say what? You don't believe it will change your life. You think it will, but you don't believe it. Why? Because you don't go buy it. You don't go buy it. Or, or this is popular this time of year. Maybe you've already done, that, done this this year. You see the commercial? That's going to change my life. That's exactly what I need. And you go buy it. And you bring it home. And you sit it in your home. And you feel better because you went and bought it. But you don't use it. Treadmill, anybody? Treadmill, anybody? Come on, come on, come on. I know there's treadmills sitting in our homes that, that aren't being used, right? But you feel better about having one in your home, don't you? You're like, hey, look at my treadmill. Look at my treadmill. I feel better. I feel better. I've got a treadmill. Your buddy's like, oh, that's good. You, how, how, many, how long are you up to running? Oh, I don't run on it, but it makes me feel better. But he's like, you don't believe that this is going to help you? That health food you got in your house? 
You feel better because you've got it in your house, right? Then come this next December when you're kind of cleaning out some cabinets, you're like, oh yeah, I did buy that, didn't I? <laughs> you feel better again because you know you've got it in your house. It's kind of like a force field. If you got it there, it just covers you. But you don't really believe that it's going to help you. You don't recognize that it's going to help you. And so often we do that with the Word. We hear it, we hear the, a good message, or we get pulled on our heartstrings. What does it mean to believe? And the words that we use here, it, it means hear, hear, and follow. Hear and follow. That's what, that's what companies want you to do with their brand, right? Hear and follow. Hear the commercial and then follow them to the store to buy it and use it. They want to change your life. They want you to believe that it will change their life. They want you to accept that and recognize that. The Word is the same way. The Word wants you to realize and believe and recognize and hear and follow. But there's another stumbling block to belief. That's rejection. Just outright rejection. But what's even worse than rejection is rejection when you think you've got it. And so the, the John talked about that, 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 that this deal, this belief will, will, will get you something, but it's not a belief. It's, it's, it's not something that comes to you through physical birth or human passion or plan. It, 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 it doesn't come with who you're born to. It doesn't come if you were born in the church, left side, organ side, second row, it, born in the church, doesn't matter. If you're born to McDonald's, are you a Big Mac? Hope not. It doesn't matter if you've been, if you were, you're an American. Doesn't matter if you're, you're middle class, suburbia, go to church. That doesn't make you have belief. In fact, you can believe that that's what works. And because you believe that's what works, you actually reject the Word. See, there's something more dangerous than outright rejection. What's more dangerous than outright rejection is rejecting it, rejecting the Word, with, uh, and thinking you've actually accepted it. For some of you that have struggled with church and just finding your way back into church and just kicking the tires... You get what I'm saying. Because either through something that was real in your life or through a perception, you're like, I'm tired of seeing people who think they've got it, but they have no clue. They've actually rejected it. There was that deacon that thought that his position entitled him to being spiritual. It was that person who thought that just because they were always in the church that made them a Jesus follower. It was that family that because they lived in suburbia America and that they looked good and that they were moral, that made them better than everybody else. 
And I didn't want anything to do with that, so I left the church. I'm glad you're here for this series, if, if that describes you, because we're going to take a look at what actually matters. Because it didn't matter that the creation didn't recognize the word. It didn't matter that God's own people, the, 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 the people that, that God, the word, formed, didn't matter that, that they rejected the word. Why? Because it's all about true belief. And if you hear and follow, do you know what title that gets you? Do you know what title John told us that it gets you? Child of God. You do not earn that title. In fact, if you think you can earn that title, that puts you back into the category of rejecting but thinking you've got it. That title, child of God, is a gift. Is a gift that God gives to people when they hear and follow. The instant, the instant, doesn't matter what you did the instant before, the instant that you decide, God, I want you, I want your word, your word is what lights up the darkness, I believe that, I want to hear and follow. The instant, doesn't matter what you just did, the instant you did that, you know what God calls you? Child, my child. My child, you are an adopted child of God. Brands want you to do more than just purchase something. They want you to believe that it will actually give light to your life. God wants the same thing for every one of our lives. And for everybody that does that, He gifts to us the title, Child of God. But you know what? Brands want more than belief. Brands want more than belief. John 1, 14. So the Word became human. Or maybe you've heard it. So the Word became flesh and made his home among us, or dwelt among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And, and what glory means is making something invisible, visible. That's what glory means, making something invisible, like God, visible. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one glorious blessing after another. Uh, maybe you've heard it, uh, that we've received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. What do brands want more than anything else? They want people to wear their brand. Not like as in a clothing brand, but actually put flesh on their brand. Apple fanboy anybody. They want people to live out their brand. In fact, I saw on Twitter this past week, uh, 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 somebody uh, tweeted, how do you turn customers into evangelists? Now, this wasn't a ministry. This wasn't a pastor. This wasn't a church leader. This was Inc. Inc., the magazine, Inc. Asking, how do you turn customers into evangelists? What are they asking? How do you turn people who just buy your thing 
into people who will flesh it out. You know what the, what the answer was? Give them an over-the-top experience. Give them an over-the-top experience. You know how God answers that question? I'm going to take this word. I'm going to do more than just put words to it. I'm going to put flesh on this word so that you can see it fleshed out. The concept of who I am and what I will do. And John tells us who this God is and what he will do. Who this God is is the God of unconditional love. I'm going to have a sermon on that later on in the series. The God of unconditional love. This is who this God is. No matter your mindset of who you've been told God is or your mindset or your stereotype of what you think God is, lightning bolt God or punishment God or judgment God or whatever, God is the God of unconditional love. And what will he do in our life? Grace upon grace. And we spiritualize grace. Grace, grace, wonderful. Some of you are like, what? That's all right. Maybe better off that way. But what is grace? Maybe you're like, you guys are in church. You get grace. But I I don't get grace. What is grace? Grace is someone with abundance giving to someone in abundant need. Someone with abundance giving to someone in abundant need. I went in this week to get uh, a lot of car work done on my car. Uh, we uh, expected a little bit more on our tax return and thought I was going to be able to get a, a, a different or new used car and go through that process all again. But, uh, but didn't get as much back and so uh, we're fixing up uh, doing the repairs to my car that allow it to last five or so years and took it in and, and uh, left it with them and knew there's several things that, that need to be done an hour or so later they called back and said this needs to be done and that needs to be done and this needs to be done and it, n- nothing surprising stuff that I, I knew needed to be done with my car but they also said they also said they said hey uh, you, you know your your door handle is broken for two years I've had to roll down my window to get out of my car no matter if it's raining or snowing or anything, I've had to roll down my window to stick my hand out and open up my car door. And so they said, you know what? You know what? We had, uh, we had ordered a Toyota door handle sometime back. We had it sitting around here. We didn't end up using it. Guess what? Guess what? We put it into your car free of charge. Your door works now. I'm going to open. You know what that is? That's grace. That's grace. Now, what if they would have said, not only that, but all the repairs you'd need today, taken care of. We're not going to charge you any. It was $1,300. $1,300. I won't charge you anything. That's grace upon grace. But what if? What if they would have told me, you know what? Any more repairs you ever need in the life of that car? Taken care of. Free. They didn't say that. They didn't say that. But what if they would have? What is that? It's grace upon grace upon dump truck full of grace upon dump truck full of grace. This is the grace that God gives. And you know what they would have gotten if they would have done that? A fanboy, right? A fanboy. Somebody that fleshed out their brand wherever I went. 
You want to put your name on my car? Fine! Tired of being broken? See, we're all broken cars. We're all broken down cars. See, what the darkness does is that we run into stuff and we break us. And I don't mean break your toe because you stubbed it in the dark. I mean in our soul. We break us. We break ourselves. Because we're fumbling around in the dark. And we grab a flashlight that doesn't work. And we keep fumbling around in the dark. You know what? Dump truck full of grace after dump truck full of grace after dump truck full of grace means for God. No many no matter how often you break yourself due to anger, fix it. No matter how much you break yourself because of bad relationships, you'll fix it. No matter how much you break yourselves because of sex or porn, you'll fix it. No matter how much you break yourself because of self-image issues, and food issues, or, or eating disorder issues, you'll fix it. No matter how much we'll break ourselves, we'll fix it. See, I got saved at 10. And I got into worse sin after I was saved. I mean, I wasn't a drug dealer at 10, right? So I got in worse sin after, after I was saved than before. And that'll jack with you, right? Those of you that experienced that, it'll mess with you. I didn't understand this at the time. But no matter what I went back to, he pulled my heart back through repentance. And I made foolish commitments and foolish promises. Oh, I'll never do that again. Anybody said that before? God's probably like, I know the future. But you know what he did? Grace. Grace, grace, upon dump truck full of grace, saying, come back, come back, come back. He led me to repentance every time. Now, should our heart explode out for God through a life that's lived, hearing, and following? Absolutely. But what happens when we stub our toe in the dark? The people, the people who think it's birthright, think it's position, that think it's because we're born in America or because we're moral, those people want you to believe that it's by us making ourselves better, coming to church more, reading our Bible more, making ourselves better, that's how we get grace. That's not true. You know how we get grace? God, I need grace. God, I need grace. I've got a broken door handle. I've got a broken engine. I've got a broken transmission. I dropped it back on the highway a few miles ago. I need your grace. 
That's how we get grace. But what about reading your Bible? Great. Not how you get grace. What about praying? Awesome. Not how you get grace. What about being better? You can't make yourself better. We've all tried that. Not how you get grace. How you get grace is going. I need it. I need it. I need it. And our heart should be overwhelmed with gratitude over this grace. This is, this is how he puts flesh on himself now. You know what we call that? The church. The church. That's how he puts flesh on himself now. That's how he makes himself visible now, is by giving grace upon grace upon grace upon grace to people who say, I need grace. That's what is the church. People who have been dispensed grace. Not people who think they're entitled to it, but people who actually seek out God's grace. That's the church. And we now are God with flesh on. That doesn't make us God. That makes the Holy Spirit dwelling with us. What's the big deal about Jesus? He's the Word made flesh. He's the light made flesh. He's the life made flesh so that we can see God's unconditional love no matter what. God's unconditional love, who He is, so that we can receive grace upon grace upon grace what He will do. Jesus is the branding of God. Who is ready the branding of God. Are you ready? Do you want the branding of God on your life? A couple of questions. First of all, maybe it's, maybe you've just, you've never done this before. Whether you've been in church, whether you haven't been in church, you've just never done this before. And you say, it's time for me to get grace upon grace. It's time. I'm tired of living in the darkness. It's time. Or maybe you have been in church. Maybe you have gotten God's grace upon grace, but it's, it's also been a while. It's been a while. And you say, I, I need it in a real way right now. I'm not necessarily talking about you who, who might be, you know, you're trying to live it out and you're going to God and going to God. It's been a while. It's been really a while. I believe you're here this morning. I believe you found your way back to church, back to Jesus, back to here, in order for you to receive grace upon grace upon dump truck full of grace. Let's go ahead and bow our heads, close our eyes. Again, we, we want this to be a safe people. But we also want it to take us beyond 
Oh yeah, I want that. We want to lead people to actually getting it. This is why we're starting to do this. If you are somebody who say, I want grace for the first time, or I, it's been a while since I've had grace, <laughs> and I fumbled in the darkness, but it's time that I get grace upon grace upon grace again. You just raise your hand. Nobody's really looking around. Except me. We just pray for me. Pray for me. I want to ask you to not just watch the commercial, but actually talk to somebody. Talk to myself. I'll be in the back. It's private. It's completely private. Or grab somebody you trust to say, I need grace upon grace. Can you pray for me? Can you work me through this? Let's do more than just watch the commercial. Let's actually hear and follow to the grace that God wants to give you. The big deal about Jesus is that he is the branding of God showing us His unconditional love so that we can receive grace upon grace. You know, Father, Lord, I just pray that you can overwhelm our hearts with your grace. Lord, my life is such that my fault, my biggest fault is I'm like, woohoo, yay, grace, and then I can just go on with my life. The grace upon grace is just not heavy enough for me like it needs to be. Help make it heavy on our hearts, not, not so that we're sad, but so that we rejoice. We may cry, but it's, but it's tears of absolute and pure joy that you've given us. Grace upon grace. I pray that somebody that's here that says, I'm in darkness. That your grace will wash over them, heal them, and tomorrow when we need it, we come rolling back. So I need your grace again. Pray that we be a grace-filled people. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Go ahead and stand. If you need to talk to somebody, I'll be back there. Otherwise, let your heart just be overwhelmed about the grace upon grace, upon dump truck full of grace God gives. You have listened to the Crosspoint Podcast. We want to answer your questions about Jesus. Feel free to ask us anything. Email at info at crosspointfellowship.net or like our Facebook fan page by searching My Crosspoint. And remember, we are here to serve.